Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Broadcast episode number 519. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 12th, 2023. 2023. And then we always follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And... Deja vu. I feel like we just did this, but it's time for our March 2023 look back. Am I reading that right, guys? You were the one that wrote it, so you oh, would I mean, be the I, one that would have to tell me if you're reading it I right. Yes, I must. Yeah. All right. But yeah, we're going to be taking a look back at some more of the books that we read in March of 2023. I have a I have a weird sensation that maybe you guys would have liked the one that I picked as a joke more than the one that I picked for this actual look back. But we'll see. We'll see. I will say that uh, Chris's book explains backstory and uh, sets up a world a lot better than my book does. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll get into that when we get to the main topic. So, dear listener, listen on to hear what books we're going to be talking about. But we always start off by doing something else (laughs) that just... Teasing everything that's going to be coming up. Oh, we always start off with a drink. And we always make sure that we throw it to Chris and ask him what he's drinking. So, Chris, what are you drinking? And it's always right as I'm taking my first sip. Uh, So we had a plan for tonight. The plan got thrown away when Paul decided he was going to drink tonight. Uh, It's fine because I wasn't going to be doing that plan anyways because, guys, I found a surprise bottle in the back of my fridge from the last time I went beer shopping. Uh, so the beers I had on last week's episode, the NAR and its different variations. Uh, I also picked up a bottle of Shroud from Sideward Brewing when I went yeah. there. Uh, I just made the mistake of going grocery shopping and stocking my fridge, and this got pushed into the back. And as I did my meal prep, I was like, oh, I forgot I had that. Uh, Shroud is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with cocoa nibs, Madagascar vanilla beans, and almonds. I had to pull it up on untapped because it doesn't say on the bottle. Uh, but this is sitting at a nice and toasty 11.5% ABV. And I do love when Sideward does their special uh, bourbon barrel aged releases because they always hide that alcohol so well. Uh, this is just that right amount of cocoa and vanilla and I don't know if I've ever had something aged with almonds before, but it does give it a nice little bit different, nuttier, like, back end. I I really enjoy this. Nice. Sounds great. It is. I'm just kind of let down because usually when Sideward puts out, like, one of their bottles, it's usually a Lord of the Rings-inspired name. Like, the last one I had from them was, like, Heir Heir of Kings, I think, and then the one... Before that was like no future, no dawn for men. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shroud's not bad, but you know what? I'll forgive them because this is still a really good beer. Paul, what are you drinking? I'm drinking. Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot. You already told me what you were drinking before we started. John, what are you drinking? I'm drinking from Three Floyds. This is their Jinx Proof Lager, uh, 5.7% lager. And this is just a nice drinking beer. It's, there's nothing nothing striking about it, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a drinking beer. 
Paul, what, what was Chris drinking again? Chris was drinking something from Sidewards, and it sounded delicious. A little nutty. Sounded really good. I'm drinking something a little malty, and it's a Czech-style Pilsner from Harpoon. <laughs> this is their Bohemian Pilsner, uh, 4.7% alcohol by volume. And this has a nice, rich maltiness up front. And just smooth, very easy drinking, um, but a nice, just a nice maltiness throughout. Um, enjoying the uh, crushableness uh, of it. It's it's good. I, I am enjoying this in the variety pack because the other uh, offerings in the variety pack are two IPAs and then the Rec League. So I'm like, so are okay, these? This feels. Are these low ABV? All of them are low ABV beers? No, this is 4.7. So I would say that's kind of your standard. Uh, and then you got another kind of standard of 5.5. And then uh, the haze, the juicy is 7.2. Okay. And then Rec League is what, 4.2? Yeah. I, did, I didn't Something know if, like because it was like one of their Rec League boxes. Usually they're on the lower ABV side. but Yeah, this isn't, you know labeled as rec league i think it's called like summer season or or something i i the box is down in the basement sure i, I don't know what it was but it seemed interesting it seemed like it had a nice variety to it because you know like i kind of complained about sometimes with the ipa packs i'm like okay well i got four different ipas but they're all still marginally different ipas like so i kind of get uh so I'm happy to have at least, you know, the, the Rec League, which is a nice lager, and uh, this uh, Bohemian Pilsner in here to mix things up. Yeah. Nice. Guys, there was a lot of trailers that got released this week. A lot of trailers. At least two, because that's all I have written down. Was there something I forgot to write down? The Spider-Man? The oh, that's right. There for, was a Spider-Man. second trailer for that. Right. I think there was a third trailer for Guardians, but I didn't watch it. Oh, yeah, there's a new trailer for there, Guardians. That, there was but I don't want to know anything about that movie yeah, going I, into it. Yeah. I already know all that I need to know mm-hmm. about that one. Oh, let me add Spider-Man to the list so I don't forget to talk about that one. But okay. I'm going to start off with some sad news. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a I think we started of, off with trailers. That's what you... you he well, with Chris trailers. is writing things down. He's not ready to talk about trailers. I I have I'm more ready to talk about trailers than this guy dying. Klaus Tiber is dead. Damn it! And we pay the man some respect. Seventy years old, German fellow that uh, created uh, Catan, Settlers of Catan. Now known hey, just as I, Catan. I'll pay my respects. I've also paid him for the game <laughs> uh, twice. Uh, the expansion. Uh, and uh, other expansions for it. So, yeah, uh, I think you know, without Klaus Tiber and Catan, like I think it would. I don't know if I would have gotten back into the board gaming hobby as much as I did. Uh, I would 100% agree. That and Ticket to Ride are the mm-hmm. two games that got me way back into uh, board games. Uh, I've never played Settlers, but I will trade some wheat in his mm-hmm. honor. Is that a is yes. that a, okay? Perfect. Nailed the reference. Got it. Good. Did it. Uh, you know, you took the longest road, but you got there. Is that another? Re- I you don't know. Yeah, you get I'm, I'm tapped out on my references. You get okay. like an achievement point for having the longest road. Mm, mm. 
And speaking about an achievement, uh, we didn't talk about this, but I want to give a special shout out to producer Scott, who <laughs> won uh, Best Local Podcast uh, with Western New York Brews at the uh, annual uh, Buffalo Podcast Awards. Hmm. He's, he's still doing his thing. Uh, yeah. Still well, talking about all the beers, keeping people updated. So, hey, congrats, producer Scott. Thank you for everything that you've done for us and everything that you still do for the I, uh, Buffalo beer scene. I guess uh, we should probably, should we try to put ourselves well, into we, that next year? But we're no longer local because, you know, Chris is no longer in the area. So we, we can't we don't actually qualify. We would have won it so many times. Like we <laughs> it's, all, it's all my fault. Also, I mean, nobody uh, listens to us. That's, oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's also, a problem, that's probably, too. That's probably the biggest problem. Biggest problem right there. Yeah, but uh, congrats, Scott. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Now we can talk about trailers, right? Trailers! Yeah. What, what, are, what do they grow on, Paul? The trailer, the trailer tree. tree. God, this guy's never gardened a day in his fucking life. <laughs> Doesn't know if trailers grow on trees. Come on, come on. Hey, listen, I went out to the garden, I harvested it all, and then I brought it back into the house, so we could talk about it. So we yeah. can talk about it. Yeah, where did and where did you get those tasty trailers from? Trailer tree. There you go. Um, so since Paul kicked it off, um, yeah, I completely forgot there was a new trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, I did watch this one though. What where I didn't watch the last guardians one because yeah i'm already sold on that movie tickets went on sale for it already it's fine i'm i will be going to see that movie uh yes i will be also going to see spider-man across the spider-verse but this one i am okay with seeing more of because i feel like there's going to be so much weird fun in this movie that the trailer can't spoil anything because it's just going to be wonky and fun you can't you can't ruin that well the, after the first trailer with the Spider-Man one, I was like, oh, who's the villain? Like, what's what's actually going on? But now we know who the villain is, and it's Spider-Man 2099. Oh, I thought it was his uh, it was Miles' teacher who's telling his parents that he's uh, not doing well in Spanish. Well, he'd be. That's a great that's a great grade. I don't know. Now when you're half Latino. Uh, also, when, uh, Chris, when we, hold on. What was your grade in English? I was really good at English. I, don't, I can't tell you, but was was it a B or did he get was, straight A's in English at all times? Probably. Paul, I'm a nerd. I like to read. I like to write. OK, <laughs> math, not my bag. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, don't uh, know. I, I think the art style, they're going like a little it is a little even more chaotic and over the top. Like they're even pushing that like squiggle, not, not quite squiggle vision, but you kind of get what I'm talking about. The layered, like layering of the color lines over each other. Like, I I think this might become a little hard to watch. I, I don't think so. I think, and I, this is actually a thought that I had when I was watching this. I think previous trailers kind of played it closer to like, oh, it's an animated Spider-Man movie. And now I think they're leaning more into the Spider-Verse-ness of it to kind of bring you back into that feeling that you had from the original Spider-Verse movie. Because like they know, like, okay, we can now say, like, yes, this is not just an animated Spider-Man movie, but like we are 
in the Spider-Verse again. Because when I saw this one, I was like, oh, this one was difficult to watch. Not difficult like, oh, it was hard, but it took me some time to like get acclimated to it again because it does have yeah. that that squiggleness to it. And that's what I love about that that first one. And I feel like now they're like leaning more into that because I think it's proven like that that animation style works with the original Spider-Verse, but then also now with uh, Puss in Boots mm-hmm. doing really well. And then that's uh, Ninja Trolls movie coming out. That's also kind of like that weird uh, adventurous art style. Yeah. Uh, Maya and the Three, which is on Netflix, kind of has that same kind of feel. Like, it's computer animated, but is it... It's got that textured feel that there's... It's rounded that it could be also, like, claymation and painted and stuff like that. Which also... Uh, uh, I don't Maya, know what that is. I'm looking it up right now. Maya and the Three is really good. Mm. Okay. Looks cool. uh, uh, yeah, I've never heard of this before, so yeah, that might be something I check out. It's really fun. Um, yeah, I I watched it um, yesterday, and then I watched it this afternoon, um, and then I was playing it for my son, and then he asked to watch it again, and then we played Spider Man. So yeah, it looks great. I can't what wait Spider- to see it. What Spider Man was he? Well, he couldn't. We couldn't find his Miles Morales suit. So he was Peter. Okay. But he he ran around with his Spider-Man glove that has a web shooter that when you make the you hit the button it goes like So it was a lot of fun. You know it doesn't look like a lot of fun though. Being part Secret of the Inva- invasion. Secret invasion because we got another like actual like real trailer for this because we've had a teaser before. Uh, but the next chapter of the MCU coming out, uh, focusing on Nick Fury, Maria Hill, and a whole bunch of scrolls. So, so many scrolls. So many scrolls. Uh, this looks good. Uh, this looks more like the espionage intrigue stuff, kind of like what I really loved from Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier. I, I'm amped for this one. I'm looking more, more forward forward more mm-hmm. more word we'll say uh yeah. to this then i think i am most of the other mcu stuff that we have coming out yeah i i like that it's going to be it definitely seems like a telos a telos and uh nick fury team up again which is great because i love their dynamic uh it's like, i really like ben mendelson in that role yeah I think he's fantastic it was really good i like i'm i'm excited for more of that uh, Maria Hill shows up. I think, uh, what's her name? Robin Sturbotsky. That's not her name. Uh, does a great job as Maria oh Hill. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on her name? Yeah. It's Robin oh. Sturbotsky. <laughs> Can't remember her name either. It's on the tip of my brain. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, no, this looks a lot of fun. I'm interested. Robin Sparkles. That's, that's it. That's it. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Obviously we see some kind of super scroll esque characters. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where this all goes and Kobe Smulders, Kobe Smulders. Yeah. Looking forward to this. 
Are you also looking forward to the movie with the other trailer that we got coming out? Blue Beetle. It's the other alien invasion. Yeah, this this looks fun. I think the suit looks great. Uh, um, George Lopez has got a beard. Yeah, George Lopez looks good. Like, does he look good? Uh, yeah. Does he look unkept? Uh, it, it works for him. Okay. I mean, he looks great for a guy who stole his ex-wife's kidney. I thought you were going to see Steele's jokes. No, stole her, stole her kidney. Um, I think this looks really cool. The effects for it look amazing. Um, I think if this came out in like 2009, I would have been super amped for it, though. I think... Uh, I don't know how it's going to stand in the wake of the DC Universe now, but also still in the beginnings of the DC Universe. Um, this one I'll probably see. I know I said that about Shazam Fury of the Gods, but when we were talking about seeing it, we just didn't get to. And now I'm at the point where it's like, oh, I'll just wait the two, three weeks and watch it when it pops up. I said all this last week with the, uh, well, this the one, Bracket Buster update. This one, too, James Good came out to say that this is like going to be part of the new universe. Like this is a character that is going to be around. Yeah, he said the same thing about Shazam, too, where he was like, oh, yeah, you know, it definitely fits within our, our framework or whatever he said about it. Yeah. yeah. This uh, one, I think he he specifically came out to say. It'll be it'll this is a character that's going to stick around. I hope so. I I do like the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle. I did kind of want to pick up the uh, Blue Beetle Graduation Day book that's been coming out. But since I'm a lot more selective with my my comic buying now, I unfortunately have not pulled the trigger on that yet. But uh, I will say my girlfriend's note on uh, the Blue Beetle trailer when we watched it is, why do people have to keep destroying public transportation? And then that led to a long discussion uh, about Shang-Chi. <laughs> Because as someone that takes public transportation, her point is it's terrible enough as it is. We don't need people destroying the buses. Well, I think maybe that's it. It's like one of those things where it's we don't feel that bad because how much worse is it? And even, her, her even, point was, why can't they destroy a limo? I was like, well, destroying a limo is not as like amazing as destroying a whole bus. Yeah, that's true. And limo George Lopez got his what his wife's kidney back in 2006 and they, they divorced in 2010 it's not like he stole his so yeah she got to spend another kidney she got to spend another four years with that kidney uh i think what happened was uh he started like cheating on her is immediately after he got his kidney i i mean not not cool but I can't. I, I can't. I'm trying to think of a joke. I can't defend it. And yeah. He's like, I've got this new kidney. I'm going <laughs> to party. Uh, <laughs> were we, um, did you guys watch the Barbie trailer? Was that on the list of trailers to talk uh, about? I 
didn't see the new trailer. I saw they put out a bunch of character posters, which is now leading to a lot of like parody posters, and not like parody, but people are like taking that template and like mm-hmm. putting other yeah. characters in it. Uh, I think that's all part of the marketing, though. Like that, they want people to do that. It kind of it it looks interesting enough that I I I kind of want to see it. Oh, I it, think it looks a lot of fun. It um, looks crazy, like crazy and weird. And I, I'm like, ah, I, I might be sold on this. So, no, we'll talk later. We can talk uh, another yeah, time. I mean, you've watched it. we we can talk about Barbie in due time um, because John, you did have it get beaten by Evil Dead Rise in your bracket. So mm. maybe maybe don't go see it if you want. <laughs> If you want Barbie to progress on. But that'll head us into our Bang Boardcast summer movie blockbuster, Bracket Buster, episode five, The Buster Strikes Back. Because, guys, we had a movie come out this past week. And by the time you're hearing this, there was another movie. Yes, we're recording this April 5th, so we don't have the notes for um, Super Super Mario. It's literally, yeah, thank you, John. It came out today. Um, But we got to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, the the honor among thieves, which opened up with what did he say? It was estimated 30, at thirty thirty-seven point two. Thirty-seven point two. Yeah, thirty-seven point two is what it shows on box office mojo. So if that number is right. reported different somewhere else, or if it's not been updated, uh, that's well, just I what just, I was going. No, I was looking at the estimates, so you probably have the actual real-time number then. Gotcha. Um, uh, Dragons and Dungeons and Dragons going up against Blue Beetle. Uh, so we're going to have to wait a little while to see how this Ooh. matchup goes. But um, Yanni saw it yesterday with one of her friends, and she really enjoyed it. And she was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. And my thought was like, well, since you saw it without me, like I was just going to try to go see it on a day where like you were at work or something. Like I don't want to have to work around a schedule to see a movie that you saw twice. That's why I didn't see Avatar 2, because she saw it with her family, and I was like, well, I'm not going to drag you to go see this movie that you already saw. But have either of you guys checked it out yet? I think you need to go back with Yanni, because uh, I have Dungeons & Dragons on Among Thieves beating Beetle on my bracket. So I think you should go see it at least twice, you know? Help me out. Uh, well, I mean, that would also be helping me out, too, because I have Dungeons & Dragons going on beyond it. But it's getting really good reviews. People are saying it's a lot of fun. Um, I've heard comparisons to Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's just one of those movies that just kind of checks all the boxes you want in a like fun summer movie. Like It's got great characters, great fun, heart, like, good story. So I don't know. This might be the uh, the dark horse of the bracket. Yeah, let's hope uh, it keeps chugging along. It's one of those movies that I'd like to see, I want to see, but it's not going to be this week. Might be next week, but nothing is um, nothing cemented for me. I mean, I'm, I'm going to Monster Jam on Saturday in Syracuse. I'm going to see some monster trucks with Ooh. a four-year-old. Like, that's my... <laughs> is Gravedrick going to be there? Uh, oh. I'm hoping Son of Gravedrick is going to be there. And I'm Megalodon? Big Bigfoot. Bigfoot's not a... Is Bigfoot not a... That was like... Not a the thing. Mark, no. I, I honestly How do about not Max know. Over, Max Overload? 
you mean maximum damage? Max D? Yeah, Max D, maximum damage. Sorry. I have already expended all of my monster truck knowledge, so apparently there's a Stone of Gravedigger, which I did not know about. So is Gravedigger not a thing anymore? They just have a different one? No, he's still a thing. So there's two Gravediggers. Well, there's Son of Gravedigger. So Gravedigger and a Son of Gravedigger, who's not actually a Gravedigger. He's just a Son of. Like, he went into a different line of work. I, yeah. Maybe I'd, I'd have to when uh, if they have like a meet and greet with the trucks, I'll ask him. He probably just does the embalming mm. money. No, getting mm. that pharmaceutical money. Yeah. Anyway, see my <laughs> pharmaceuticals embalming stuff that's dead. E3 this year canceled. Yeah. And uh, I'm not surprised. It, it's. Canceled, and there doesn't seem to be big talk about, like, when it will come back or if it will come back. So I feel like this is something that's probably been a long time coming because we used to have, like, whole E3-based episodes. When E3 would happen, we'd be like, oh, God, like, what games are we going to talk about? Now, with how game production works, they announce games that you will not see for another five to six years. Right. And a lot of that information is coming out directly from the publishers, directly from the game, like directors, the companies that are making them in real time. Like you as a consumer could tweet, text, email, any game company, any developer, any of like your gaming heroes directly now and get up to the minute information about the game that you want to know about. What what does E3 serve now? Well, like any of those trade kind of shows or even like comic book conventions, it has everybody looking at the industry for that one weekend. It, It basically says, hey, this is our weekend. I want the new, we want pop culture news to cover just this. And Elder Scrolls six announced 2018. Still nothing coming out, but they've had like two more re-releases of Skyrim come out since then. Yeah. And one in VR. (laughs) Uh, It's a way to get all the trades all the publications together and like actually, you know, build hype because now yes, Nintendo will have their Nintendo directs. The PlayStation I'm sure will have, you know, something that will, they, they will have their keynotes or something like that and have these big, you know, something to build hype around these brands. Granted. Yeah. Hype. Kind of dies out after three years. I hear you, Chris. I, I, and I think that's the problem. Like, unless they were able to be like, "Hey, here's this game. Oh, you're watching this in, in real time. Someone's playing this. And guess what? It's going to be out next week." There's no amount of hype that these games could deliver because we know how much lead time they need and how much development time goes into this, and just how terrible that development cycle is and studios that say like, Oh, well, you know, we care about our employees. We're not going to go into crunch. Oh, wait, we're, we're shipping in a month. Sorry guys. It's crunch time. Here we go. And like, just how predatory that is. Like, 
I feel like that's so just much, unwanted and undue stress now. Okay, I can see that for the games, but I think for the brands, for the studio brands like um, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, they it's not so much I want to get you excited. I want you to get excited about this game I'm announcing, but I want you to get excited about it because you need to buy the Xbox as soon as possible so when that game comes out, you're ready to play that game. Like it's it's a way to I think it's a way to market and get people excited not just about the game that will be coming out but the games that are already out and the system that is out and right now we're in a system lull there's not going to be a new system so why have an E3 if you're not going to announce the the a uh, you know a new the new Xbox or the new PlayStation you know. If you can't get people excited for that. John, as the person here that does have one of the more current-gen systems, uh, what are your thoughts? Because I'm looking back at the uh, E3 2022 announcements, and there's nothing that's actually, besides the Nintendo stuff, honestly, there's nothing here that was announced that has come out. Um. I, so I have a PlayStation 4. My wife and I are talking about maybe around Christmas time. Our Christmas gift to each other is a PS5. Um, but mainly, like, she wants to play the Hogwarts game. We also are big. We're going to want to. We've wanted that nicer system to run smooth to play the new Diablo game. Mm. So, yeah, like. I've had this for, I've had this system for, I don't know, maybe I've been married for seven years. I got it before we got married. Like, is the PS4 that old? <clears throat> yeah. Is it really? I because I, I got it when the consoles anymore. I bought it yeah. when I lived in my apartment, so it was before I even moved in with my wife when we were dating. So. It's got to be close to like 2000. 2013 is when it launched. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that old of a system. So I probably got it in 2015. Um, 2014, somewhere in there. But yeah, like it works fine. It survived a flood. It's got <laughs> some rice inside of it. Like it's a, it's a decent system that's still chugging along. But. I'm still able to play all the games I want to play on it. I don't really buy a lot of games, but the games that I do get are ones that I'll play once or twice. So a new system, I'm looking forward to being able to have that and have the smoother features and the better run times and this and that. But I also don't I don't super need it. I, I won't need it until they're not making games for the PS4 anymore. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff that they're coming out with is on PS4 and PS5, and even something like Hogwarts Legacy is still going to be coming out on PS4. Like they're just taking a little bit of extra time. Like it's coming out this month just to uh, streamline it a little bit more, so it's not as taxing on the PS4 yeah. hardware. Because someone I work with. Uh, is literally going to give me her PS4 when she gets her PS5 because she wants to play Hogwarts Legacy. And I'm like, I'll give you one. And she's like, no, that's fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, 
I could not sell mine. Uh, one, like I said, it has rice inside it now. I've opened it up because I had like overheating problems, so I opened it up. It's probably because of all that rice inside of it. <laughs> the rice is a new thing. The the rice is there from from the uh, flood, just to make sure we pulled all the moisture out of it. But uh, but no, like a couple years ago, I op- I I opened it up. I cleaned out the inside just because I couldn't play resident evil because it would get to the load screen and then it would just like turn off because it's like we're overheating so i had to open it up i cleaned all the dust out of it which it collects a massive amount of dust especially we had it near like a vent and we had um central air and it was just that house just blew dust like you wouldn't believe uh throughout the whole house so it just got super dusty and it's one of those things I never really thought about until like I started having the overheating issues. But no, I I like the systems. I see a lot of games. I don't buy games really new. Um, for the most part, I've played the games either I've had or whatever games I get free for the monthly um PlayStation Network things. You know, you get like three to four games a month. I'll usually play those for a month, depending on what it is. Nice. We're all just nodding. Because <laughs> I don't have a new game system. I Yeah, no. I'm, I just, I'm playing through all the games that I bought off of Steam. And if you guys want to see me do that, you can do that on Twitch. That's right, on the Bag and Board cast, or just the Bag and Board on Twitch. Yeah. Give me a follow. Uh, last thing I have, and I think it's really cool. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but it was announced that Netflix is releasing an anime sequel to Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim. Um, movie did not perform well, but it definitely has a fan following. Everybody coming back, entire cast will be back to voice their characters. Uh, I love this movie. I think it's a heck of a lot of fun. I'll I'll definitely be watching this. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I I agree. This was one of those movies that, I mean, you and I saw it in the theater maybe once or we, twice. We recorded a review of it at Pizza Plant with producer Scott after we got out of it. Like we had the field recorded and we all sat around and reviewed the beers that we ordered from the bar after this movie came out. That episode's probably in the feed. You can find it. Yeah, that sounds like something we would do. Uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 pumped and uh, pretty psyched about this. I think it'd be a lot of a lot of fun. You mean award winning producer Scott? Award winning. <laughs> From now on, I think we have you know anytime we mention award winning producer Scott, we have to make sure that actually I mean, in front producer Scott is still the highest you can go on our hierarchy of like collaborators because it's producer Scott. Right. And then under that, it's like super friend and then friend. So, I mean, he, he doesn't need a bigger head than, <laughs> than he already has by being producer, Scott. Paul, would this make you want to subscribe to Netflix? No. Okay. No, it, it's not a big enough jump. Uh, I enjoy, I do, I do own on, um, is it Blu-ray or DVD? Uh, I might own it on Blu-ray, the uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It's a fun movie, and 
but I usually just look up clip the music clips online versus actually popping in the movie itself because I enjoy those. Um, but that cast is great. Yeah. You know, everybody from uh, that guy to uh, the girl that plays Ramona Flowers, which is who's great. She's awesome. She's in a lot of stuff. So who did uh, Paul mean by that guy is my first question. It's either the guy that played uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, that's the guy. Oh, okay, that guy. So it's that got, guy, not the guy. It has one of the Culkins in it. Kieran, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's Jason really Schwartzman. Yeah, you got Aubrey There's, Plaza's in there. Chris yeah. Evans, Anna Kendrick, Allison yeah. Brie. Oh wait, not Allison Brie. What's her name? Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Larson. Yeah. The other cheese girl. There's, yes. There's two. There's two superheroes in it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You got Chris Evans and uh, also and, uh, uh, Brandon Ralph. Brandon Ralph. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. in. Everybody. Or but who plays Ramona Flowers? Um, Mary Elizabeth Winston. Oh okay. Soon to be a Jedi. Got Star hired Wars. for one of the Star Wars shows. Yeah, was it the Acolyte, or was it Ahsoka she's going to be in? I don't remember. I think Ahsoka? We, I think we talked about it. It doesn't matter. Do you guys have another beer you're ready to get into? Because I'm still drinking my uh, Shroud from Sideward. Uh, yeah, I'm drinking another Three Floyds beer, and this is <clears throat> Zombie Ice Undead Double Pale Ale. Uh, and this is a 8.5% IPA. Uh, you do not does not drink like an eight percent, eight and a half percent beer. Uh, really, really smooth, really nice taste, uh, kind of a floral maltiness to it. Um, I really, really like this. This is a great drinking beer. Nice. Uh, Paul, what other harpoon beer are you drinking? I moved on to the New England Pale Ale. And this is a 5.5% alcohol by volume. So, and it doesn't drink like a 5. No, it actually does. It drinks like a 5.5. Like, I don't expect to taste a bunch of alcohol on it. And I don't. And it's um actually a nice crushable light in New England pale ale. A little juicy. Not, nothing too big. It's very easy going. It's nice. It's refreshing you know- even. I'm going to have an easy time going to the comic book shop this week because we're going to head into the list. So this is going to be the comic books that we're buying this week, April 12th, 2023. Guys, there's one book coming out that I think we all need to buy and we will all need to read. And that is Star Wars Ewoks number one. And I know the solicitation is a little longer. It's Star Wars Return of the Jedi dash Ewoks number one. This is for the 40th anniversary for uh, the release of Return of the Jedi. That's right. I'm turning 40 years old this year, just like Return of the Jedi. Um, And this is going to be a tale of uh, the moon of Endor that was occupied uh, by these space teddy bears known as Ewoks. Uh, I'm I'm excited to read this. I know I did not pick up the tales uh, from Jabba's Palace. But I heard that was just a like story of what happened right before C-3PO and R2-D2 show up because it's a tale of that protocol droid that's basically getting disintegrated in the background. 
Um, so I'm assuming that this is the same thing. Like this is what the Ewoks are doing uh, to survive the Imperial uh, occupation right before, uh, you know, everybody ends up in a meat trap. What's the meat trap? Is are you talking about what when the Ewoks eat the stormtroopers? The, no, is no, that the meat no. trap? When, when Han, Chewie, C three PO, Luke, R two D two, Chewie grabs a big piece of meat and then they get oh they're trapped with the meat. The meat trap. they get hoisted up by the ropes. That was yeah. my uh, Ewok impression when they got the the spear. So you said meat trap, and I'm very thrown off by it. It could also be because I'm looking at a picture of a uh, size noodles on one of the uh, fairy covers, and her mouth something of a meat trap. Oh, <laughs> Paul's looking at it now. You'll you'll get it when it opens. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to a book coming out, and that's going to be Image Comics Radiant Black number three. I'm sorry, twenty three. Um, I don't have a lot of comics coming out this week. This is literally the only book on my pull list. And I tried to find something else to talk about. And it's like, a, oh, I didn't know this was coming out. Let me grab this. And the only thing that kind of sparked my interest was the next of the Marvel Voices uh, one-shot releases, which was a Spider-Verse number one, uh, which is telling a bunch of different across-the-Spider-Verse Spider-Men. But it was $9.99 for the issue, mm-hmm. and... Again, I'm being much more selective with my comic buying now, and ten dollars for a one-shot issue is is a lot, especially if it's not something that we're going to be talking about for the show. So, uh, yeah, Radiant Black number twenty-three, one of my go-to books. It's one of my go-to picks. So, yeah, that'll be it. Jono. Yeah, uh, and I am picking up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Slash Usagi Ojimbo, where when number one, and this is written and art by Stan Sakai, uh, colors by Hi-Fi. And then you have variant covers by Kevin Eastman uh, and David Peterson also doing one. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, And uh, yeah, this is a story of uh, the Ninja Turtles chasing cyborg genius Dr. Werewen through a time portal to emerge in futile Japan, feudal Japan. Uh, but there they encounter Usagi Ojimbo 20 years after they've met him the first time. Uh, and this is decades after Dr. Werewen has arrived and has carved out a fiefdom for himself using mechanical clockwork samurai robots. Uh, So uh, I've become in the last year a huge Usagi Yojimbo fan. Uh, I also have been reading a lot of Ninja Turtle comic books with my son. Uh, So we're putting the two together and this will be a fun read for myself and for my son uh, for a Valentine's Day gift. My wife bought me um, the 1989 or 90 uh, miniseries of the Ninja Turtles slash Flaming Carrot comic books, uh, <laughs> which were a lot of fun to read with my son. And um, yeah, looking forward to this. What else are you looking forward to? Uh, would that be a dramatic reading? 
And now, a dramatic reading from Archie versus the World number one, page 16, panel four. What'll it be, Archie? Oh, and that <laughs> is a dramatic reading from Archie versus the World, number one, page 16, panel four. I'm going to call a broken format. Uh on this because normally we pick a panel from one of the books that we're going to review in the main topic. Normally we do, but it's also just supposed to be random. And I think we usually just fall into the trap. It's like, Hey, I opened up my comiXology app. This is the book that I was reading last time. It's mm-hmm. going to be from this. So I would, I would call shenanigans on that. Uh, I've never done, I've never, purposely picked one of the books that if it was my turn that we were reading for a look back i mean and you never purposely made me spend six dollars on a book that i have no clue how to make heads or tails out of right john oh my gosh i had high hopes for this book so all right what's the topic time we're getting into it these are the comics that we read that came out march 2023 um these books are going to be no one number one from Image Comics, Waller versus Wildstorm number one from DC Comics, and Wonder Woman number 797 also from DC Comics. Waller versus Wildstorm is the book in question that Paul is yelling at John about. This is a black label book, right? Yes. Okay, so that's they say, why they say big... the S word in it. It's it doesn't feel. It, it's the, the the swearing in this book felt unnecessary. Right. Uh, and this is. Um, and I didn't even notice it. Oh, I yeah, noticed it. it. I well, like, I, like, I oh, noticed I it, it because I was, it's not. I noticed it because I was like, you you didn't need to do that. You were just being being edgy because you're in a black label book. Like I I didn't feel like it was. No, honestly, it took me I, now. I, like I'm like staring at the cover and I'm like, oh, it's a black label book. Oh, right. There was swearing in it. Like, I didn't even notice it. Like, there was nothing about yeah, this. There was nothing else that warranted that. that. And then I guess it's out of continuity, but it's not out of continuity enough to make me feel like it deserves to be out of continuity. Like, well, when you're like me and you have no real knowledge of any of like the wild storm or Stormwatch characters. Like it could all be in continuity or it could all be out of continuity. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know who any of these people are. And we read like Stormwatch number one, when they launched the new 52. And I honestly don't even remember anything about that book. Martian Manhunter was in it. That's all. Uh, this one does not have Martian Manhunter in it. Uh, it has death stroke for, yeah. for the last page. Well, he, he, he shows up throughout. Okay, like, yeah, he's, he's in it. it. So I, I don't want to jump too hard on this because it does have Lois Lane in it, and I did really enjoy all of the Lois Lane stuff. Uh, so this is Waller versus Wildstorm, written by Spencer Ackerman, Evan Narcissus, Narcissi, uh, and art by Jesus Marino. Um, and yes, this is... Jeez, oh, I don't even remember this guy's name now. Um, he's he's Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Um, Lois Lane 
being pulled in. Battalion. Uh, oh, not Battalion. Oh, my goodness. Uh, battalion. Battalion. Uh, battalion, who is a higher up uh, in checkmate, who's giving Lois Lane the lowdown of everything that's going to be this book is going to be about, which is um, Waller's takeover of checkmate and how she's risen in the last year and how she's implementing things, um, which this book is wordy in a way that is like Paul said, like can a little confusing the way they set up and it's a lot of this is done between like an interview between Lois Lane and battalion, but all of it is so much just tell you Mm -hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't flow. It doesn't work right. Um, The book is okay, but it's not even like, I wouldn't even say it's like a great looking book. It has such a, like 90s feel to it or an old, like an older comic book feel to it. It's just nothing about this, in my opinion, worked. And the only reason I left this on is because I read this and I was like, oh, man, I got to pick a new book. And then I read Chris's book, which it's the same thing of you coming in in a story being told to you but done in such a better way that i was like we i we have to be able to compare these two books because one does an amazing job of you of pulling you into this world Mm -hmm. and then that we have my book that does the opposite of that where it makes me care even less about what's going on and this is a book when i finished this i was like "Hmm, there's a really close chance i think 50 50 chance paul's gonna love this book Okay, here's here's my thing. Don't love it. Let's, let's get that clear. But there are two things that you mentioned, John, that I, I was kind of hoping are kind of done on purpose. Where, where, hey, you're getting the story and it doesn't flow that well. Because it's this, the story doesn't flow that well, and even Lois Lane points it out. Like, hey. He's not telling you the whole story. Yeah, we're not getting the whole story here, and maybe that will play a bigger part later on in other issues. I'm not going to read those other issues because it's I don't I don't trust it enough to spend six dollars on another issue. It's but and also it feels kind of like a 90s book. Well, it kind of feels like it's a it throwback looks, to the it rise looks like of a 90s book, too. And I think that was it's supposed to. Yeah, because it's the rise of Amanda Waller, who is a big established character, you know, every time she shows up. Like, I don't remember when she became Amanda Waller. She's yeah. always been the wall, you know. Um, I did enjoy that the, uh, like, captions for Amanda Waller was just a wall. And that Lois Lane had a caption, and it was uh, the symbol of the Daily Bugle, or Daily Planet. Um, enjoyed that, for whatever reason, Steve, the sports writer, was the editor-in-chief. There's a weird scene there are weird scenes, though, that happen, like, where I'm not sure who I'm looking at. Like, for a second there, I'm like, wait, is Lois Lane also Asian? 
Like in the, yeah, like in the book. first then, first page, I thought she was Asian too. And I'm like, oh, this is—they're is, just calling her Miss Lane. This might not be Lois Lane, even though she's a reporter. They might be pulling the rug out of from underneath me. There's also a scene like when she hangs up with uh Steve. Like there's somebody, like it's somebody all in shadow, but the hair looks almost curly, and I'm like, who's that supposed to be in? It's the supposed shadow to be a male, um, uh, uh, Amanda Waller, and that's um. Uh, Adeline Kane Bishop or whatever. Hmm. I only okay. know that because it says behind her door who she is. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, uh, so I'm like thinking that maybe it was, some of the stuff was done on purpose. You know, it's purposeful. It isn't. It isn't sloppy. It isn't bad. It's storytelling that I'm not grasping yet because I'm not deep enough in there to then put the pieces together. I I liked the Lois Lane stuff. I do like Lois being a reporter. Um, I like her getting to the heart of a story, but again, I just, I have no semblance of respect, knowledge, or care for any of the characters popping in here besides her so i kind of went in just being like this isn't a book for me um so i'm kind of glad i wasn't the only one that felt that way about it because the cover's really cool and i know when john talked about this last week on the show and he brought up and like he's like oh and the cover's like great and i pulled up i was like yeah that's a dope cover like uh it's a very 90s book though and like they don't even like so the guy that battalion goes with at the end and they shoot up all those guys like that's bloodshot like he's a like a known character from those things i have his number like i have his number one like i had a lot of those characters comic books um so I was like, but ah, they also like really hand wave away the fact that Stormwatch is in this book like really quick yeah, yeah. It, it there's like Stormwatch I, is it's Waller versus Wildstorm, right? Uh, and it's Stormwatch, but she controls all of Stormwatch by like the second page of the book. <laughs> like like when he steps out of the like, hey, the interview with Amanda Waller, it's a Stormwatch there, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, arresting yeah. him. Yeah, it it. <sighs> I really had some type of high hope of this book and I don't know. It just, just fell really, really short for me. And it, it did. And I hate the fact that Deadshot being on the last page would be like, Oh, Deadshot. Like, Cause that kind of gripped me more than anything that came in. Like the, I don't even know how many, cause like the 30 pages before, cause this was like a little bit of oversized. It's like a bigger, issue yeah uh well you see slade wilson oh like, wait where where three or four times he's the guy with the white hair and the goatee like you see him like three times in the book he doesn't have an eye patch though oh uh, maybe that's why <laughs> that's so stupid that i didn't recognize that but let me go back through it yeah because i noticed him right away and i was like oh this must have been before he loses the eye or in this alternate world he has both eyes because i think even on the last page 
I think it, it looks like he has both his eyes. Oh, Kindle's going like really slow with trying to load the pages for some reason. So I'm only on like page seven of uh, the 35. But also, uh, I I shouldn't care enough to have to go back through and look for yeah for that. Page, he's on page 21. He's on page 20. Um, he's on a he's in a bunch of different pages. Because even when he says, like, there's a scene where he's like, oh, and Waller's number one killer, you, um, page 22. It's, you can tell, it's, it's oh, like, okay. also yeah. just with the, yeah. You know, and you see, like, Grifter in a couple, in a couple shots. Yeah, which, again, like, I don't have a lot of care about Grifter, but when I saw him, like, on that helicopter, I was like, oh, Grifter's there infinitely like more exciting than anything that happens actually in in this book because everything is just just told to you and like when it and even like it's just drab when it is like battalion in like uh blood blood sport maybe his name i don't know i can't remember his name but when they go shoot him up stuff like even then like the action isn't there like this book doesn't it just doesn't do a good job of what it's supposed to. I understand what it's supposed to be doing, but even those scenes between between Battalion and Lois Lane when they're, she's just like interviewing him and stuff, it's not paced well. It's not done well. And then when she throws up afterwards, I was like, what is she puking about? Like, I even went back and reread those couple panels before, and I was like, I don't get why she's puking. She was challenging Battalion about his side of the story and he's like and then she calls him right out and be like no you weren't investigating the things you should have been like what happened to that girl you were just focused on amanda waller weren't you so i think it's that you know the the nerves of Mm -hmm. new investigative journals because even like when she's there she's being yelled at by her like the publisher that's not perry white or editor editor sorry um, it's Steve. Um, but let's talk about a book that does everything right. Oh, the the book that I assumed John was going to love when I picked it. Uh, uh, yeah, the book I was going to pick uh, for the look back that I had to let go for, for Chris to pick. Well, I, I appreciate that because this is No One Number One, and this is coming out from Image Comics, and this is part of the massive verse. Uh, so tying into but not tying into it's just part of that universe uh you don't need to know anything about radiant black dead lucky rogue sun inferno girl red like this is in that universe but it's definitely taking place on its own uh but this is telling the story of no one who's kind of a cyber vigilante who's leaking like the well-to-do's information to the masses in um philadelphia and then people are murdering those well-off well-to-do like bureaucrats and now there's a bunch of copycat murderers who's the actual murder nobody knows but then no one's coming in and like protecting some of the people from some of the copycat killers uh it's a big sprawling book with a lot of characters and i'm glad that there is a character sheet in the back of it 
because by the end of it, I was like, okay, who was who again? And then I'm like, oh, here's like 22 portraits of who these characters are. And it's numbered. And it gives me a nice little description of who's who, because this is definitely a big book. Um, with a lot of characters, a lot of moving parts to it, but it's also very compelling. Like it's very interesting. Um, I don't know if anybody had a chance to check out the podcast because yes, there is a true crime, I air quotes, true crime mm-hmm. podcast that they are putting out on all major podcasting platforms that ties into this. Uh, each month when the new issue does come out, they do release a new podcast and the podcast is being hosted by um, Julia Page, the reporter who's on on the case, and her editor, I don't remember his name, Teddy. Um, but on the podcast, Julia is being played by 90s crush uh, Rachel Lee Cook, and Teddy is being played by Patton Oswalt. Mm. Uh, I like that they're going big on this not just in the comic book, but multimedia. Uh, I really dug this book, even though at the end of it, I was like, okay, let me go back through and check it out again. And even before we started the podcast, I was like, I need to refresh myself on this book again, because a lot happens in it. And it's all just inter-character talk and discussion. There's very little action in this book. But when you do see the action, it's kind of like the next step of like, who done it? Uh, yeah, I and I, it's a lot of talking, a lot of setting up this world, but it just is done right where you can you can follow things, you understand who all these who all of these chess pieces are on. Um, on the board, like you understand it and it works so well. What is the podcast just called? No one as well. Um, let me open it. Uh, if you up. go to the last page there, uh, it tells you that it's like, what is it? Uh, uh, accountability. Uh, it who is, is no one. Yeah. Who is no one. And the first episode is accountability. Uh, I think, this this actually this book unfolds very well. Like you, you, that very first scene uh, when the cops are investigating the murder, you're introduced to Ben and everybody hates Ben. And I'm like, weird. Why does everybody hate Ben? And it takes until like four or five pages later to realize that, oh, his son was Roman Rasco or whatever his name is. Um, Roe. Ro. Richard Roe. Um, the first no one he's arrested, he's in jail. And for whatever reason, this guy has been, you know, he's still a detective, Ben's still a detective. And everybody's like, dude, his son was a serial killer. Probably shouldn't be a cop anymore. Right. Well, especially a cop working on like the series of murders and copycat murders. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you got the two other detectives that were giving them the hard time that are actually doing the investigation. Um, and there's this weird scene where they zoom into a car starting up like over the, her shoulder or between her. And you're like, well, that's weird. But then at the very end of the book, it seems like it's that car that basically the actual no one jumps out of. 
I couldn't tell that whole scene when Ben is going to get hijacked and he's. Well, I think they're killed. showing that somebody is watching her. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Right. And, so. Uh, and that car. Uh, no, that car is the one that shoots um, the, the other son. Oh, right. Right. You're right. Um, and then there's a the one of the copycat killers is trying to shoot the. The father. Yeah, the father. The, the shoot the father. De- deputy chief. So, yeah, I I really like the book. I think the book looks good. It fits the tone that it's doing. Uh, I had a good time with this book. It's also very different from the rest of the massive verse. And I didn't say it up at the, the front. And I apologize now because uh, this one written by Kyle Higgins and Brian Bucoletto with art by Geraldo Borges. Um, so. Uh, Kyle Higgins has had a hand in all of the massive or stuff, kind of like executive producer, but this is one that he also has co-written. So guy's got chops. Like he's, he's great. I do have one more. Just don't ask him to write uh, Black Hawk. Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk. Or, but he's also doing Power Rangers. And I think we checked in on Power Rangers and didn't get into it, but now I don't remember because there's also a lot of Power Rangers books that are coming out. So maybe I just thought we did. Maybe I um something is killing the children didn't, or I just thought it was something that we had read because it's just kind of omnipresent. Uh Paul, your question. Four shots in the chest for all the victims, but mm-hmm. five bullet casings. What's the fifth bullet? Did they did they is that something I missed? Did they touch no, on that at all? That's, like they find the fifth bullet in his like in his the victim's coat pocket with the note saying that I am Richard Rowe. But then just, even at the very end of the book, when the well, son maybe is there's killed, just one more one more coming. Oh, okay. I don't Ca- think that Colin that's Cart- no one who kills the son. No, I, I don't think it but is. But there's either. five bullet it's, casings there as well. Well, no one's there, and it seems like he's there taking out the person that's there to kill the son, because that's another one of the copycats. Yeah, yeah. So the son, when he's shot, I don't think he's... I think he's killed by someone who's been wronged, or like that rich family that they go interview who the father was was set up to, to get killed and then is killed. It could be their son. I think somebody just gunned that guy down because his brother is the serial killer and his father is the deputy chief of police. But he's listed. So Michael is listed on the very end of the issue is copycat number three, victim number three. Yeah, he's the copy, the third copycat victim. So whoever attacked the dad isn't. The third copycat. No, because that victim's deceased. You see that person speed off. Mm. Compelling. I'm glad there's the back of the book stuff because. No, me, me too. Because again, there's you don't get to spend a lot of time with all of the people that they're introducing and like all the names that are coming out. So I'm glad that they're there. 
I definitely need something like this in this kind of book more than I do in a, like an X-Men book where they have to go through all the different mutants that are appearing in it. But they, I understand why they feel the need to do that kind of thing. Uh, but for this, it seems like you do need to know who everybody is because it is, it is going to be a whodunit. And you want to have that information. So when they eventually like knock someone else off or introduce a new spectre, new suspect, you're not like, wait, who? So before we get to the next book, I think it's, you know, in our brand to have just one more beer before you wrap up the show. Um, Like I said, up at the front, I found my bottle of Sideward Shroud. Uh, I have finished that now. So I just have a leftover NAR. So this is Sideward Brewing's uh, Mountain Dew inspired Florida Weiss that I'm just finishing off my night with nice and light. I think this is only like 5% ABV when I looked it up last week. So it's basically a Mountain Dew beer, but it's much more drinkable. It's not as like alcohol bitey as like the actual hard Mountain Dews are. So this is much more like responsible drinking, I think. Um, But John, I saw you, you were like, you had an audible reaction when you took a sip of your beer. Yeah. uh, I'm just trying to figure this Okay, well, you figure that out. Uh, Paul, what are you drinking? I'm drinking, uh, which is the last beer from the variety pack, because I'm not going to talk about uh, Rec League, which I like. Uh, This is from Harpoon Breweries. This is their Juicier Hazy IPA, and this is 7.2% alcohol by volume, and this gives me big orange peel notes. Nice, juicy orange, like orange, but with that peels for the little bit of bitter. It's a really nice juicy hazy ipa um it, it's decent uh everything in this variety pack i've actually really enjoyed i'm surprised i've i've this is my first time having i had one of the uh bohemian pilsners out of the pack before but the new england pale ale was solid easy drinking crush kind of crushable this juicier hazy uh hazy ipa really good nice uh, easy to sip on, but still enjoyable. I guess I could chug it, but at this point in the night, it's just nice to sip on. So happy with the variety pack. Good. I'm uh, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Uh, I am drinking from Lagan. Did you, did I didn't you figure it out. Yeah, and I didn't okay. need anyone to throw it to me. I just I'll start uh, from. Oh, but Lagan- John, what are you drinking? <laughs> Lagunitas Brewing Company, you're not going to take it back and give it to Paul, are you? Hey, Chris, Chris, you know what I'm wondering? What John's drinking? Uh, from Lagunitas. Oh, well, before John uh, has a chance, let me... <laughs> Go ahead. From Lagunitas Brewing Company, uh, I have their Island Beach Tropical IPA. Mm. Uh, 5%. It feels very thin. There's some citrus notes to it, but something called Island Beach Tropical IPA, I do expect like a little more oomph from those citrus. It's supposed to have nice citrusiness to it. It's very light. It's very easy drinking, but it every sip makes me want more. Um, mm-hmm. And I, coming from the... Um, 
zombie ice like there was a really good flavor there it was eight and a half percent didn't drink that way and this beer highland beats kind of drinks thinner than a five percent beer um and it's uh i was expecting a lot more out of this beer um i really love does it taste like a session yeah, like if it, it said session on the can, would you be more like accepting of it? Maybe, but it would be one of those like I there's there is a variety pack of founders all day session beers that all hit a a better than this. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's very easy drinking. I can see on a hot day this being a very refreshing beer and i probably would like it better on a hot day but as someone who loves lagunitas um i just they haven't been able to like really nail a beer in years like Mm -hmm. i I think 12th and never was the last time i had something from them that i was like wow that's really good i don't remember the last one that i had from them but i know i've had like Little something something and like the uh, like hazy little thing I think mm-hmm. Re- like semi recently because they are available down here like if you go to some of the restaurants at Disney Springs like they have them on tap and if they don't have something new or different like that's something that I'll order because I it's good I like it I don't recall them tasting off from what they were so maybe it's just a uh, on tap or cake thing i don't know yeah i mean hazy little thing uh little something something like they're they're great they're really good beers um yeah it just it's been a while since they released something that i was like oh i think they did that galaxy ipa that had been like four or five years ago and that was good it was a really nice step towards what beers were at at that time but anything they've kind of done recently just haven't really just haven't really done it for me and i don't know i just it's one of those breweries that for some it always has like a little place in my heart i love their style of beers um when we were getting my wife and i were getting married we reached out to a lot of different breweries about um getting caps uh, bottle caps because we were going to make like boutonnieres out of them we were going to make uh, magnets and gifts for everybody at the weddings and not only did lagunitas send like a giant bag of their bottle caps they sent us already made bottle cap magnets they sent a book they sent a shirt they sent a hat like they were like hey we love that you guys reached out for this Here's some uh, extra stuff for you uh, and send pictures like, you know, so it was like really, really. That's cool. But I don't think that's as cool as like the Angels Envy one. (laughs) Right. Well, the Angels Envy one, too, is like, well, my my wedding ring had uh, Damascus steel and on the inside was Angels Envy. And I tagged them Angels Envy in my Instagram post and then they put up two bottles and said, we do uh, invite us to the wedding. Not really. And then they sent um, 
Yeah, glasses and tasting books and coasters stuff. Yeah, I gave you I gave you guys both like tasting the tasting yeah, like, books. It was like right? the little yeah. like yeah, little, little leather book. It's like almost like a little moleskin. Like I used that for uh, just like quick notes for like yeah. a, a year or two, and then I don't know whatever happened to it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was kind of it was kind of nice the with those. That's right there. Those companies doing that. So yeah. But Lagunita is like, I always loved their beers. They were on my boutonniere. Um, but yeah. But then there's companies like Dogfish Head that was like, we don't do that. If you send a self-addressed uh, stamped envelope, we'll send you some. Like, And some companies didn't respond at all, and some just sent some crowns. And it was like, it was nice no matter what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lagunitas was that one company that went 10 steps beyond that. Nice. Yeah. Hey, good on you, Lagunitas. Yeah. You know who goes one step beyond? Madness. Yeah. Uh, one step beyond. Sorry. Like ska music. Okay. <laughs> Saw a chance to make a madness reference, and I went for it. There you go. You know who... Uh, Does it who I, makes your beer, Paul? No, because uh, no, I talked about my beer. But who makes my comic book that I picked up that we're going to talk about? Because it's in part one. I know it's uh, Wonder Woman. I, I forget which number it is. Is this a part one? It's number 797. 797. Uh, and, I, and I think it's part two of Amazon uh, Amazon War. Uh... No, no, it's part one because it says The Reckoning part one uh, on the title page. But this writers. is a tie-in to Revenge of the Gods. I didn't realize that. But that says it on the cover. It says it on the cover. Yeah, but I read and then the at Revenge the end of the of, at the end of the book, it's like check out the rest of the story in part two of Lazarus Planet: Revenge of the Gods. So it's a, it's my a question, and I don't <laughs> know if anybody's. <laughs> it is a classic ball pick. Yes. So my question is like, is this alternating like? You read Lazarus Planet Revenge of the Gods number one, then Wonder Woman seven ninety seven, then Lazarus Planet Revenge of the Gods number two, and then come back for Wonder Woman seven ninety eight. I really don't know, Chris. Okay, I really don't I, know. because I all don't I know, know is by, by issue eight hundred, I think it's Wonder Woman. I heard, I could be mistaken. I could have misheard, but Wonder Woman eight hundred that is going to wrap up Wonder Woman. And then we're going to get Wonder Woman number one again with, you know, brand new DC or whatever it is. At that point, do they call it Wonder Woman? Like Dawn of DC. Number, like number one, like yeah. O-Neaters oh. style. Mm-hmm. The uh, who, who did you hear this from? From, uh, from when, the, when I look up the news. I heard not I was out in the news garden trying to figure out and one of the neighbors was talking kind of overheard them talking and that's that's what i kind of heard and it, it it hasn't actually gotten into the so news why aren't we yet. reading 800 hmm? why aren't we reading 800 because it was either this book or i, I don't remember what the other one that part. paula had picked was i was like oh, wonder woman probably you know what, better you know what a bit of fun book is uh you had like the hulk versus the thing book that you picked this month that was that was okay, but it wasn't. It was kind of gross. A lot of body horror in it. 
kind of want to read that now. Was it more accessible than Wonder Woman? Because there was nothing wrong with this book, but it also definitely did seem to be tying into Is something that? that I didn't read. Mm, and then yeah. at the end, let me know, like, no, like, you need to be reading more than what you're reading to get to it. And I really wanted to know who the man in black was. Yeah, we don't we don't ever learn. But maybe that comes out later. It's Johnny Cash. But, Anyways, this is Wonder Woman 797. Let me introduce the book. This is The Reckoning, part one, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Art by Amenke Nahupan and colors by Tamara Bonavillan. A book looks great. I will say, like, this looks It's a great-looking book. It's it's the best-looking book of the three. And why I was excited and I brought it to the table was because of the art style and character design. It reminded me a lot of what they were doing it with. Reminds me of Dan Mora. Yeah. Everything reminds you of Dan Mora right it's now. Dan Mora you're like, you see classic lot. comic book art that's clean and not overly sketchy. And you're like, Dan Mora. Uh, I, in my prep for the podcast, uh, I was looking at my polis for the next couple of months coming up. And I think for May 2023, I put like four or five books on my list of stuff for that look back. One of them is Shazam number one because it's being written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora. And I think we need to read that book. Yes. I didn't want to take somebody else's book. So I have like four alternates if someone else wants to claim that one. But continue, Paul. Sorry. But no, I think the character design is very reminiscent of like in the storytelling of what Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang were doing with the relaunch, which is like, no, no, this is Wonder Woman as an Amazonian God. And this is her claiming her godhood, uh, whatever, which happened apparently in the what Lazarus planet, blah, blah, blah. But now she did you read that book, Paul? I think I know I read one of them. Okay, so you and did. I was just annoyed <laughs> because it was like an anthology book. And it all led into like, hey, read this, read this. And like, it didn't tell its own story. So, so what I, you read, did it say read Wonder Woman 797? I don't think so, I don't think okay. so at all. Because I, I do remember you did pick one of those. I just don't know which one it was. And it, Because it was like Billy Batson and everybody. So like the backup story tied more I, into I like what the happened to that. I like the story in this the the revenge of the yeah the revenge of the gods one yeah. it was a lot of fun it looks great too so here we get like the the big um, mythological creatures we get minotaurs we get the we get this uh, cyclops cyclops thank you yeah Hecate Hecate and I don't know I I just really thought this was fun this is Wonder Woman being trapped again between two worlds and like have and choosing to go save the world of man, but also battling alongside her sisters. And then in the backup, we get the same story just with Mary Marvel. Different point of view. Um, Paul, I just want to jump in and say for the list for Mm -hmm. episode number 509, you picked Lazarus planet. We once were gods number one. So you picked the other one, because I think those were the two Lazarus planet spinoffs. That's why I like taking the show notes, guys. There you go. Yeah, so I didn't pick up the Revenge of the Gods, which was after it, I guess. But, oh uh, yeah, but we got the 
uh, Paradise Island being invaded by the Army of the Dead, being released by uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting. Um, Uranus. But um, Hades. Hades. Uranus. This is a different look of Hades. Yeah. Uh, I will say. This book definitely does have that, like, oh, you should have read what came before. But it's ultimately not inaccessible. Like, no, I, I came I, into it and, like, it is very much like I knew this from Paul picking it for the list. But, like, okay, Wonder Woman's a god now. Didn't know that before. Also, that doesn't seem too integral to the plot because it's much more like her kind of on the run trying to defend their shores falling back to like Themyscira and then like putting up another front. I think it's still like a cool, good book. Like I want to know the man in black. Don't know Mm -hmm. who it's going to be, but I think in general, like this looks great. It's not like if it's your first Wonder Woman book, I don't think there's enough here to make you want to pick up a side spin-off book mm-hmm. but i think it's cool for what it is like as a, like a just me reading this one i'm like yeah it, it has the wonder woman feel to it uh it definitely is a it's a if you are a casual wonder woman fan you know enough about this world that you'd be like yeah this is this is good like i get it uh i felt the same way it's like okay Hera's tied her to a stake. Uh, okay, let's go. Like, I got it. Um, no, everything worked. Even when like that squirrel showed up and was helping her oh, out. The squirrel's dope. I like, like that I don't squirrel know. a lot. Don't know him. And then like, Mary Marvel's there, yeah. and then the bunny shows up and helps her out. Uh, but yeah, it's like, I just thought that it was weird that basically this main story and the backup story were the same story. I know. I kind of like that because. Um, I just read Nightwing number 103 today because I had picked that up like a week ago and I was like, oh, I never read my books from the other week. Let me get that up. Um, th- That's main story. And then there's like a backup that's like four or five pages. They don't have any kind of crossover because the backups in Nightwing, it's him with Jonathan Kent teaching him how to be a superhero. Great fantastic storytelling but they don't have anything to do with each other i like the fact that this backup ties into the main story because i feel like i'm getting more story not just an extra story and i don't know anything about the current status quo of shazam but i liked seeing I don't think she's mary marvel still since they changed everything mary shazam whatever they're I think calling she's her she's just mary I thought I thought it was a lot of fun just seeing her alongside those like random Amazons as like, no, like I'm calling on my gauntlets. I'm going to punch this dude really hard. Check out my cool eye patch. Uh, I I like this. It it put me in in a good spot because, again, don't know what was leading into this or where it was going, but it tied in and it was a good standalone. And uh, this is such a weird, obtuse thing to say, but you know those like shrink-wrapped packs of comics where it's like, hey, five comic books for $5, and you don't know what you're going to get? 
if this Wonder Woman issue was in there, I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, I, that was a, mm-hmm. a cool Wonder Woman comic book. Yeah, uh, I definitely it definitely made me want to check out some of the Lazarus stuff. Like, Paul bought that like beginning book to say like here's a little vignettes of everything that's gonna yeah. happen and i was like oh is that all it is so i skipped a lot of that stuff but reading these i was like oh maybe maybe i should pick these up i would pick up the the volume two or the issue two that ties into this wonder woman book because i liked it enough to go, uh, yeah, I could read more of this. I, I have no problem reading more of this. I liked this more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Um, and even the the Marvel stuff that they showed there, I was like, I, I really like that. And I thought the art was great in it. Um, uh, the art was done by Caitlin uh, Yerk, Yersky, and it was written by Josie Campbell. Uh, that's the Champion's Heart part one. Yeah. I just wanted to give credit. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I really en- I enjoyed this book more than I thought I was going to. But again, I went into a book that feels like it's a part two of something that's already happened. And I was able to grasp and understand everything that was going on in this book because of good storytelling and writing, where I feel the opposite about the book I picked this month. So uh, one of the thoughts that I had when I was reading this and a question I was going to pose to you guys, and I just Googled it to answer it for myself is You're I right. never read is too much for a comic book. I mean, it's a lot, but I'm, <laughs> I mean, we're just lucky we got all everyone got their money back from Chris's. Pick last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This is until I make you guys read Miss Meow number eight sometime in the future. Um I did not read Batman versus Robin number five. And Harden was like, did the finale for that crossover ever come out? And it did at the end of February. And it wasn't in my like subscription box. So I don't know if I just missed it. Like my sort didn't pull it. Cause maybe since this was a miniseries, I never actually requested them to pull it. I don't remember. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I need to finish that series because it was really good. I enjoyed it. But also, does it matter since I don't know or I guess care about what's happening after with all the Lazarus stuff? I don't know. Just pointing that out. Did you guys read the rest of uh, Batman vs. Robin at all? No. Okay. I didn't stay. So, so outside of Paul picking up the one Lazarus Planet book. Mm-hmm. Nobody's had any other follow up on on right. that. No, I steer cleared of it because I was like, "Oh, Paul said that wasn't good, so I'll just steer clear of it." Well, because it was just it was a we just went in through a series of books where I was picking them up, and it was like, "Hey, to read more about this story, read it yeah, here. we did that. We did that Superman book, yeah, and then." Like I felt but, like, uh, like every... that main story and it was good enough that I was like, oh, that, that you picked it, Paul, for. Yeah, that yeah I cared like that was effect. that was really good. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I felt like I was getting a little burned by DC, like st- uh, charging like 
five bucks for hey just a quick peek at what was actually happening in the rest of the book. So that's I why I didn't like, pick up anything more from the Lazarus uh, plan. I feel like if you are a DC continuity person, that would be a must read. But if you're a DC, I like this character. Let me mm-hmm. like try to keep up with their characters. No, you don't need something like that. Well, if that book was one ninety nine. And it yeah. said, like, hey, here, check, check this book out and know what's going to happen for Superman for the next year. You'd be like, oh, yeah, two, like a dollar, two dollars. Yeah, let's see what what is they're going to be setting up. Same thing with Lazarus. If it was like yeah. two bucks and it said, get it, get an idea of what's going to be happening. We used to get those as zero issues and you'd yeah. pay two ninety nine for them. Like that would be. That would work. That would make sense. That would be something that you know going ahead when you're buying it what it's going to be. But when you don't know that the book that you're buying, you know, Action Comics number 700 that Paul bought, like, if you don't know that you're going to pick that up and it's just going to be trying to sell you all the other Superman books, it's a letdown. As someone that's kind of like split almost 50-50 between like buying books at my comic book store and buying books just online to talk about for the show, I feel like if it was, to your point, like a book that came out like $1.99, if I walked into my comic book store and picked up my books for the week and I saw that at the register and it was like $2, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, give me that, too. Like, I, I would have impulse bought that. But if it's five dollars or whatever, no, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy that, especially like digitally. Yeah. Yeah. Power ranking time. Power ranking time. So, uh, uh, no one would be my number one. Um, Wonder Woman, my number two, and a far, far, far number three is Waller versus Wildstorm. Anyone have anything different? I would probably ape that 100%. So Noah, number one, my number one. Wonder Woman, my number two. And then Waller versus Wildstorm, my number three. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. I concur. Uh, Okay. Because sometimes we do like to throw something a bone just to be like, oh, well, you know what? I didn't like it, but it did a good job of this. So, no, we're, we're all on board. Um Oh, I'm glad you liked uh, no one. I'm glad I liked no one because it was the most John book of the uh, <laughs> the massive verse. It was definitely a it's definitely a murder mystery more so than like an action based comic. Yeah, I mean, it is weird that they have somebody like going to start a murder mystery podcast. It's, it's I'm it's curious, awesome. like if you guys want to like talk about that. Next time we do a look back or just friend talk, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on it. I've only listened to their intro episode, which is like a like a zero issue kind of. I haven't listened to the actual number one that ties into this issue. So check yeah, it out. Let me know. Like the zero issue one is like an intro to what they're going to be doing. So it's kind of short, but the 
episode number one that ties into issue number one is like 35 minutes. It's not them phoning it in. Like it's a, a real podcast. Like they're spending money on it. Uh, and the, the teaser trailer that they put out was from December 12th. Oh, wow. So that must have been when they solicited the issue then because it would have came out, yeah, like three months before the issue. So they solicited it, put it I out. Do- issue came out Feb- like February, March. Yeah. I've already downloaded the episode, so I'd like to listen to it at, after I just read it. So I, I'm fine with talking about that, even if we want to do like a quick not episode before our next episode to, to put that out would be fun. But next episode, definitely going to be uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, our monthly trading policy pick, uh, John's pick, because mm-hmm. that, that's going to be a movie. It's going to be a movie. It was going to be. It was going to be on my list of books to pick, but then it was announced that they were going to be basing uh, James Gunn was going to be basing the Wonder Woman movie off of this. And this book has gotten huge accolades. Um, And I think it's also worth noting, too, like the writer of this book, Tom King, is in the writer's room in D.C. studios, D.C.U., whatever you want to call it. Like he's in the room where it happens to to quote a Hamiltonism, um, which is awesome. Cause man, if you could pick a comic book creator to be in like the quote unquote room, Tom King. Yeah. That's yeah. what I used to say about Jeff Johnson. Then the DCEU <laughs> happened. So I don't, I don't know, Chris, my faith, my faith in it. Uh, is at an all time low? I'm willing to say that was in the before times where it was still very studio driven. I believe, I believe Paul, I, I feel like now it's going to head more into creator driven, especially like uh-huh. James Gunn with his hand on that wheel. I don't know. Sure. I could be wrong. I don't know. And we'll see. Cause we've got like a five year plan in place. So we'll see where we go, but Hey, and his plan's like, this could fit in the DC universe. And then the movie flops and we're like, oh, that's not going to happen. You take the good with the bad. Yep. Just like our show. So, hey, thanks <laughs> for listening. Uh, make sure you rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. We don't get a lot of those, but when we do, that means they matter even more. Email us over at bangboardcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you got any thoughts on anything that we talked about, if there's a book that we missed, if there's something you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Uh, otherwise, hey, thanks for listening, especially if you're hearing this, because this is the end of the podcast that no one listens to. I I drive for work, so uh, oftentimes I have to let the podcast play out completely before it goes to the next one. So I do listen to the end. Oh no, I cater my podcast. Like as soon as they start to be like, all right, that's the end. I'm like, yep. Okay. Pause, go back to download it. Let me pick what's next. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that while I'm driving the work, the work van. So hey, stop light. You look down, click, click, click. <laughs>